It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Newtown Toyota. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a new way to kick off your sporting weekend. Now, now, officially rocking Saturday mornings on 92.9 Triple M. Here comes the ready you're now. Listen to the crowd roar. A docker versus an eagle. Would you put your hands together? Both held at bay by one of the most well-known voices in horse racing. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Xavier Ellis, Mickey Barlow and Britt Taylor. Triple M, Dead Set Legends, Mickey Barlow, Britt Taylor. My name is Xavier Ellis. Good morning, firstly, to you, Mick. How are you? Good, Zave. Good, Britt. I actually have had a tough week. I declared Frio on the show last week, and they got absolutely pants by West Coast in Derby 52. So I've had a tough week, guys. You'll jump week. before you push there, Mick. That's why I went to you first. I was about to take you straight <laughs> off the block there. Good morning, Britt. How are you, mate? Good morning, guys. And what a night it was last night. The grand final rematch, how the tables turned. And did we see the mark of the year last night? Mm. Gee, it was a good mark. The only thing, and now you're talking to the wrong people here, because me and Mick couldn't jump over a box of cards. <laughs> but... Shay Bolton just needs to land on his back. Yeah. You don't want to land, you know, gracefully with a bit of foot first. You need to, like, wind yourself, essentially. You need to make it look so theatrical you hurt yourself on the way down. Slight thing that might work against you, but what a mm. tremendous mark it was. He needs to be a gymnastics uh, adjudicator here looking for the perfect landing. You're not wrong. The perfect landing is actually the most unperfect landing. Yeah. That's right. Now, Mick, uh, what's on today for you We get before we get into the big show? Pay $1,200 to give away today on Mickey the Master after last week's controversy. There was a bit going on last week in the quiz. You butchered it. it, Hey, Britt, it is very gettable this week. Very, very gettable. So the the phone line should be lighting up when we go to the quiz later on in the show. Now, we did have Chris Dawson, too, the police commissioner, come in quickly uh, before the show. And we did make sure that Mick was sober this week. So last week there was a bit of confusion whether he was actually still pissed. But no, we're all sober. The the quiz is going to be a smooth, smooth event. Fortunately, because we were attacked on Twitter last week post-show, mm. Britt, the, the, the mm. young, the youths of Perth weren't overly happy with how it went down, no. but we'll Willerton, there, was a ri- there was a riot in Willerton after the quiz last week. So, uh, <laughs> the protest came in. The yes. protest came in. Anyway, I don't know who won, who lost, but $1,200 there. We're going to go inside the Fremantle camp, go inside the West Coast camp. We're going to talk motorsport, and of course, with the queen of racing, we're going to find a winner, aren't we, Britt? Oh, we're going to try. And they weren't so mighty last week in Derby 52, Xavier, going down by a big margin to West Coast. But we bounce back. We're in the hub and we've got footy ops manager Joe Bridey on the line. Thanks for joining us, Joey. Have you slip-slop slapped on the GC today? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, nice and sunny on, on the Gold Coast. So looking after the uh, the bald bonds. Mm, hat or you've just uh, lathered up up top? No, the uh, the hat's on regularly. I have a multiple ah, hats that I bring over to the hub, so it's pretty good. You and I, we're hat guys, Joe. We're hat guys. Anyway, moving on to on-field or, well, uh, within the four walls of Fremantle. We've moved to the hub for the week. A poor performance last week. What's wash up from that derby? But I suppose we've just cracked into what's ahead uh, with Brisbane this week. Yeah, look, we had a really strong review. The second half was really disappointing. Um, it wasn't the way we want to play, obviously. Uh, contest was poor around the ground. So something we've really focused on this week going into Brisbane, which is obviously a strength of theirs. But... Um, advised by the AFL later on Monday it'll be flying up here on Wednesday so it turned around pretty quick and our focus shifted to Brisbane and we've had a good opportunity to prepare for, for tomorrow's game which is exciting for our group to get back um, to the way we're playing for the three weeks prior to West Coast 
Have the boys just become more and more adaptable with things like that after the whole year that was 2020 and the hub situation when you say, right, we just have to do what we have to do for the betterment of the club financially and, and jump on a plane and change tact here? Are they just becoming more and more adaptable? They have, Britt. Uh, look, it's it's obviously the, the world we live in now. Uh, we have a number of scenarios that we're working through, so obviously even after this weekend in terms of how the flow-on effects occur from other games. So um, they have definitely become adaptable and it just becomes a way of the elite sporting industry at the moment. Uh, we work through it. Um, it's obviously a good opportunity with having a young group. We've only got um, four players that have kids at home, so obviously difficult for them, but it's a good opportunity for them to bond and then continue to get closer, which we loved last year. Um, but obviously, yeah, from an AFL perspective, they need us to come up here quickly and to allow the game to continue to, to move forward. Geez, that's amazing. Only four players mm. with kids. I remember back in the day, we were like that, and then within two or three years, it just blossoms and there's kids everywhere. Joey, but I want to talk to you about um, the injury to Chapman last week. Obviously, a young kid done for the season, unfortunately. How are the conversations around? He obviously popped that shoulder really early in the game. Tough as nails to keep going. Going to miss a long period now. How are the conversations around the balancing of a kid with a shoulder injury? He seems like a tough cookie. Yeah, exactly. And it's always a balancing act. And the first priority is the player's well-being and, and welfare. So obviously when Chappie had the shoulder injury in the first quarter, he came off and had all the standard assessments with their docs and uh, went through all the processes we needed to. And mm. obviously he was he's approved to, to go back onto the ground. Uh, and look, he's obviously unfortunately had um, surgery now or next week that will put him out for the rest of the season. So We'll wrap our arms around him, make sure he's, he'll be really diligent with his uh, reconditioning program, but it is something you have to balance, but you always put your uh, your trust in our doctors. Tough kid. It was, a, it was a tough game for Frio, but I think something you walk away with as a Fremantle fan is got something in the future with his ball use and his class, but gee whiz, he was tough. He caught probably five or six other knocks as the match went on. Yeah, yeah he's really tough. To be honest, he didn't, he, uh, he didn't even need any pain medication. That's how, that's how tough he is, so... And he was uh, keen to get straight back out there. So we love to see that. And we think he's going to be a, a great player for Fremantle Football Club for a long period of time. Last one from us, Joey. Now, I want to talk about the exit of Mick Barlow. Did you have anything to do with sacking him? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't nothing, nothing to do with me when Mick left. Um, he just probably talked too much, to be honest. And everyone needed a break. <laughs> yeah, fair call, mate. Hey, all the best on Sunday afternoon, of course. Catch it on Triple M at 2 40. Big game against the, Fremen, uh, against the Brisbane Lions, I should say. Good luck, mate, and all the best to the team. No worries. Thanks for having me. Now, Mother's Day tomorrow, Britt, and you just said to me, Dave, you won't believe what I'm going to do after I finish here. I'm going to head down to Newtown Toyota and buy Tina a new car <laughs> <Yeah>. at <laughs> Newtown Toyota. She would love that. What, what, what's she like? A small one, a big one, a ute? Um, well, I think we, we were always uh, the Toyota Kluger. Yeah, okay. That's the family car growing up. Yep. And, and now that... We're all grown up. I think she'd like something a little bit more sporty, uh, I reckon. I reckon Ooh, Tina, Tina would be going down to New Town, New Town Toyota and she'd just be sitting in the lounge as Britt played in the uh, kids' playroom. Yeah. In the playroom. Yeah. Yeah. Probably still now. <laughs> Put her in the cage and away we go. Well, if you are looking for a Toyota, head to the new New Town Toyota. Let their family look after yours. Welshpool Road, East Vic Park, or simply head to newtowntoyota.com.au. Now, last night, all three of us were listening to Triple M prior to the big grand final rematch. The Friday Night Huddle is a group that get together, and they broke a story last night about potentially a group of ex-footballers coming together on a highly paid fight night. A group of AFL footballers will be together in the ring, as Damo said, three two-minute rounds, a lot of money, but it's a tiered payment system. All ex-players. Yes. Ex okay. <laughs> the top drawer was offered, was the man most recently out of the game. Gary Ablett was offered 
the highest fee? Gary said no. And then they went to the second tier, which is obviously a big name. So the duck has declined. Now, I'm going to name some of the players that are going to be involved. (laughs) Now, there is potentially a fight between Boom Boom Harvey and one of his taggers. So maybe your Ryan Crowley style. Ooh, so they are pretty much, I want to say pretty much confirmed <laughs> in this arrangement. Jump on the listener app and you will find that. There is a multiple, multiple players that have been asked to get involved in this boxing, well, card, I suppose. I'd want a money. ringside ticket to this. Yeah, well, it's be gonna be, it would be great. And, of course, there's a lot of uh, players who had little disputes throughout yes. their careers and occasionally sorted out, but a lot were left unburied. So it'd be a good opportunity <laughs> to bury the hatchet with a lot of players that potentially you wanted to throttle during your days. Would you get in the ring? So I've had two fights, Britt, mm-hmm. at two professional bouts. Um, and how did uh, they go? Well, the first one, so at Hawthorne we all had to do a boxing fight. It was to toughen us up, essentially. So they paired us up with someone similar height or size or a mate, or if there was a dispute going on throughout the football club, they'd pair, like that, that, that was the way. So... My first fight was with uh, Grant Birchall, uh-huh. now at the Brisbane Lions, four-time premiership player, and he bashed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he absolutely... Zero one? Zero, Zero one. one. And then my second um, uh, fight was between a guy called Riley Milne. Now, poor old Riley Milne was a, a rookie. He's from Marupna. Yep, and he was about 35 kilos ringing wet, <laughs> and I gave him a throttling. So I'm <laughs> one and one in my fight days. But Mick, you... Mm. Th- and people sit there and go, oh, teammates, Britt, that they have to be best friends and, you know, be a smooth operator. But a lot of mm. the time, you see Barney's amongst teammates, Mick. We do, we do. And can I just uh, preface straight off the top here saying Ryan Crowley would get absolutely smacked up by Brent Harvey. Brent Harvey, that have you seen his yeah. arms lately? They are ginormous. That would be over very, very quickly. I think 30 seconds, you wouldn't get your money's worth on that one. Britt, but I reckon Crowley's would jump in for the dollar. He'd do it for, for the, the dollar. Yeah. Do it for the dollar. <laughs> hey, how, how, much much reckon, how much do you reckon Crowley would need to jump in? Oh, tab touch, a couple of free bets. And he's, he's in. <laughs> uh, so, hey, um, I've got a similar story. Zave. Yeah. Nick, Nick Lower, a former teammate of mine, he, he went to three different clubs. And anyway, Friday afternoons at Freo used to be boxing and wrestling. Yep. Boxing and wrestling. So we used to box, wrestle, away we go. And uh, Nick, it was his first day at the club. And you had to pair up. So I'm like, I'll go with the new guy. New, I wasn't a great boxer, but I'll go with the new guy. And we just kind of warm up sparring. And it's just a little warm up spar, just really light. Yeah. Tap, tap. And he pretty much goes, starts in normal stance and flips himself around into a southpaw and just starts smoking. <laughs> smoking. Bang, bang, bang. We haven't even exchanged pleasantries. Yeah, rookie money. move by you. You don't go with the new yeah. kid because yeah, they're yes. eager to impress. You go, Hi, the, you, you go the, the known dead fish, mate. The one yeah. that they doesn't don't care. care. Yeah. Hi, my name is Michael. What's yours? Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and, um, so anyway, he smacked me up. And we end up becoming best mates. Yep. And uh, I think later that week, he, we've gone out and had dinner, and uh, he goes, oh, sorry about the other day, mate. Um, got a little secret <laughs> to tell you. Got a little secret to tell you. I really love fighting. And he, just, <laughs> <laughs> he used to get in all these boxes at school. But anyway, so that's one uh, involving myself. But uh, match simulation, Dave, yeah. when spots are up for grabs, that's when it really does get heated. Yeah, and, it does. Uh, I think it was the summer of 2012. Um, so Ross pretty good. Yeah, Ross Lyon, first time in charge. So we're just trying to find our mojo. Yep. And a young, impressionable Hayden Ballantyne, who oh, knows yeah. to get, he's known to get quite feisty. And um, somehow him and Jack Anthony end up on the same end of the field because they're both forwards, Brit. So they're up the other end. They should be up the other end of the field. Um, well, they might have been on the same team. This probably adds a little bit, uh, another element to it. They just end up with a big old fisty cuff. And Ross just kind of sat back and let it go. He's like, yep, this is good. This is exactly what we need right now. Let him go. 
and they'll sort out their differences. And uh, I think uh, Hayden took the took, took the, the points. I might have to ask Bells about that. He has mm. the favourite in race eight later today, so I could very well be interviewing mm. him after uh, after his horse well, potentially he, he wins. Could so go we'll, off we'll like a firecracker him. if the horse does no good or the jockey <laughs> does get it stuck for the fence. It could happen. But I had one Brit. Here's so I turned good. up as a young 17-year-old spring chicken, um, you know, idolising the AFL footballers. And at Hawthorne, we were no good then. Shane Crawford, Brownlow medalist. Mm-hmm. Luke Hodge, now Jewel Norm Smith medalist. He's got one of mine. Um, <laughs> they had an almighty punch on in our first intra club. And I was like, the footy club's falling to Hodgie pieces. Hodgie and Croft. Hodgie and Croft went at it. Oh. I, was, I could not believe it. They were that fired up in this intra club game. You're just this 17-year-old like, oh, no. and, and I'd never seen a fight in the fight. I was like, the footy club's gone. <laughs> The footy club has fallen down around me. And I've heard of ones they've similar, and I've heard this at a sportsman's night. We can't mention it because it's Triple M's own Andrew Embley, and it's all his, it's the only material he has when he goes and does sporting. <laughs> so he got in a big bust up with Daniel Chick. I won't go into uh, the intricate details because then he just won't have any material. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone in Perth heard it. But, uh, Brett, <laughs> I was going to ask you whether you'd been in a Barney. Now, we asked earlier if you'd broken the rules before in your life. <laughs> no. And you hadn't. So I can't imagine you put the gloves on at school or anything like that. So... I'm going to pitch to you, if the, the Triple M fight night happened, like we heard on the radio that the ex-footballers are going to come back and sort their differences out, I've got a fight for you. Now, I'm going to let you choose who you want to call out, okay? okay. So, obviously, you do some wonderful stuff for Sky Racing. Mm-hmm. We see you on the on the TV all the time. And I t- tend to channel flick and um, see a lot of Australia with the yep. races. <laughs> so we so, okay, we get it. You've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm, else. I'm well and truly covered over these three. All right, so you are fighting. Francesca Kamani. Lizzie Jelfs or Grace Ramage? <laughs> You've got three to choose from. You don't have to fight all three. I'd love a Royal Rumble. Yeah, you can fight all three. <laughs> I'll go all three. But if it's a boxing match... You've got three, Francesca, Lizzie or Grace. Who okay. are you taking? Um, all very classy women, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether they've been to me. It's not the type of faces you want to be punching. Uh, Francesca, I think the height difference is just too much. way too big, mm-hmm. so that it's an unfair. The reach is not good. So no. Lizzie... Is just the sweetest human in okay, the world. So How could you too do nice. it? I actually think Grace and I are quite similar size. I think that would be a, a good bout. All right, so I can conclude yeah. that you don't like Grace That's Ramage. It. No, That's I Grand final rematch last night. We all sat there. We all watched it. Perfect conditions. Great game of footy. This is how it ended. There's the sire of the MCG. The catch with a stunning second half. They have well and truly smashed the Tigers to the tune of 63 points. Huge win for the Cats. I'll start with you, Britt. Did we see the Premiership favourite last night? We may well have. They, how good were they in the second half? It was the, last week. Can you remember we spoke about last week when the Bulldogs were up and about early and then Richmond just strangled them and we thought, oh, wow, gee whiz, Richmond are, are it again. I thought they had them bite the foot on the throat in the first quarter. I know Geelong were around the mark. But I thought Richmond were dominant early, uh, and Geelong just went bang. Now, I was still up in the office going through some replays for the races today, and I came down probably halfway through the second quarter, mm. and I'm glad I did then and not just at halftime, yeah. because if I'd come down at halftime, I would have just gone, oh, Geelong have absolutely dominated them. Yeah. When I came down and watched that sort of last 10 minutes of the second quarter, I was thinking, gee, how competitive is this? The intensity. Good, was, it? it was so, so good. And then, bang, halftime comes, mm. and then Geelong just kept going. Richmond went home. Mick, what did you make? Mate, well, R- Richmond uh, do this every year. Well, they've done this the last couple of years, I feel. About this time of year, they just think, 
you know what, it's round eight or round seven and round 12. That's when we'll start to get mm. moving is kind of the back end of the year. But I want to put the the blowtorch on Zave here, Britt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of our philosophies with Dead Set Legends Saturday mornings is friends. We like to bring friends onto the program. And he was spruiking last night to us, Britt, that we would either get Tom Hawkins or Joel Selwood on the program this morning and he has come up, Leachy, with absolute crickets. No, Nothing. Well, let me explain myself, please. Let's hear now, it. Last night, I sent a message out at about 20 to 11 East Coast time. Said, Tommy, great game, mate. I didn't go to Joel because <laughs> there's that little uh, bump that might be looked at, and I think mm. they don't do any meter when then there's a bit of scrutiny. I said, Tommy, great game, mate. Hey, doing a show with Britt Taylor, myself, and Mick Barlow. Do you care to jump on just for a couple of minutes to talk about the game? Jimmy wrote back. Not a big Rickets. fan of Mick Barlow. No. I'll pass. I'll pass, please, mate. That's just how, that's how the cookie crumbles, Mick. I'm sorry. Uh, no, nah, actually, uh, I'll be rubbish. honest. Rubbish. I haven't heard from him. It's oh, not good. And I'll tell you what happens when I text a good mate and they don't respond. I give their phone number out on air. So uh, stay with us because I am going to hand out Tom Hawkins' phone number within the next half an hour. But did we see, mm. we spoke earlier about this, Mark. Britt, you said, did we see the mark of the year? Here's the commentary. Jack Graham loads up to the goal square. Bolton, we know, can fly. What a mark, Dave Bolton. One of the marks of the year. Outstanding grab. You went with one of the marks of the year. The commentary went with one of the marks of the year. I agree with you, one of the marks of the year. But, Mick, he's one of the boom players at the moment, Bolton, isn't he? He is, he is. There's a bit of uh, speculation around his future. Being a WA product from South Fremantle, hoping to get him back over to the West in some capacity, but it looks unlikely, I think, of the reports are. He's managed by Ralph Carr. So Ralph Carr obviously has Dustin Martin, has, yeah. a, has a small litter, but um, a ve- some very uh, prominent AFL players, of, of which Shea Bolton is one. So I think he's going to stay put at Tigerland, uh, guys. Hey, on that mark, would you rather, Britain's Zave, mm. just be completely detached from the mark uh, or, or involved in a mark like that? That might be the mark of the century to date like Mark Litzarves was and Lockie Henderson, who were underneath, ah. and their faces, their facial expressions are a bit skewed. But yeah. at least you're involved. No. You're not the main act, but oh. you're involved. No. See, I think that that's not the vision that you want to see over and over again. <laughs> that photo, if, if it's not the mark of the year, it will be the sports journalism photo of the year, yeah, I think. Yeah, how it good is, was the snap? Oh, the photos are just – the photo's almost yeah. better than – Watching it live. It, well, the photo is so much better than yeah. the, the, the actual live vision. The photo is incredible. The, the slow mo is pretty good as well. Yeah. But the, in actual fast motion, at it the, actually happens so quick that you lose how impressive it was. At the peak, at the peak of his height, that yeah. photo was snapped. It is incredible, Mick. He doesn't miss a beat, Michael Wilson. He's the main AFL yeah. photographer. He does not miss a beat. And on that photo, Tom Lynch, who's Shea Bolton's um, teammate, he looked scared. He looked like he was just been scared. Someone had... Uh, Giving him a fright when they've yeah. come around the corner. So Tom, uh, Tom doesn't look overly good either. So there's one <laughs> looking really good, which is Bolton, and the rest of them, um, yeah, they'll uh, they'll have uh, a bit bit of fun poked at them today. Well, Mick, I'm uh, to answer the question. I'm a bit of a fame whore. Put me in that photo. Oh, yes. Doesn't likewise, matter where I am. Likewise. In the front square, on top of me, I don't mind. Just get me in a piece of history. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends, the Newtown Toyota. Premiership player, champion, and CEO of the East Coast Eagles, Sam Butler. Good morning. <laughs> Hello, Xavier. How are you this morning? Mate, going really well. What what finds you this morning? What are you up to? Uh, not much, mate. Enjoying a, uh, actually some sun in Melbourne this morning, which is nice. Um, cruising morning. Uh, looking forward to a great weekend. 
It's remarkable. Sam Butler on the line for the Dead Set Legends. Michael Barlow here, Sammy. Good to hear your voice. Now, you coach a suburban football club in Melbourne. I ran into you recently, and you're still playing when it's required, and you take your recovery very, very seriously. I saw you with the full-length skins on 24 hours after the game. Uh, mate, well, uh, X would know this a lot better than you do. Uh, <laughs> even, in my, even in my professional days, um, not running around as a, as a complete amateur who doesn't train anywhere near enough, uh, my body couldn't handle the rigours of running around <laughs> one little bit. So, mate, I, if I play, which I don't play very often, but when I play, it takes me three to four weeks. <laughs> which, is, which is about what it was in AFL days as well. And and your role as an, in the AFL was you know you were put in and you were a scrapper and a clawer and it's play on the quick nippy guys in the forward line. I'd imagine oh, you're telling me a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a champion, mate. To be <laughs> honest, yeah, with you, a scrapper. You're a champion at that. But what are you doing at St Albans? Do you put yourself in and just play loose across half back, or do you actually lock one down? Well, mate, the great things about being a coach, and you know this as well, is. You do whatever you bloody well feel like at the time. So, <laughs> Which way's the wind going? Mickey likes yeah, to delegate. Exactly. Guess what? It's a nice day in Melbourne today, so I'm playing. <laughs> Which is a miracle it in raining, itself. Yeah, if it was raining, not the best fit for the team for me to be in this week, boys. <laughs> uh, so, no, this week I'm going to play on the wing because I feel like I, I don't want to get you know, tackled too much, so I'll sit myself out there. Uh, first game I played back. Didn't like it. I had a couple of goals kicked on me. I didn't like the, you know, I, I want to save space. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep up the persona of, 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 of Sam Butler. So, chuck myself out in the wing and, um, if we get beaten, then blame the bats. That's right. <laughs> you sound like you've got it absolutely all sorted here. That's good coaching. It absolutely is. Now, I want to check that you've got tomorrow sorted because I'm here to help the men of Australia to remind them tomorrow is Mother's Day, and that means yes. that it is your beautiful fiance's It would be her first Mother's Day. Have you got something special organised? That's a great question. <laughs> the pause. The pause. Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything overly special organised where... Um, we're going to go watch a little bit of West Coast. She's commentating the netball tomorrow, the yeah. Texans game in Melbourne. Um, so we'll go for for a nice nice breakfast. She's she's a very simple simple lady. We'll we'll, we'll keep it simple. Um, have a nice dinner together tomorrow night. But I have I had do have a present, but I won't give it away just now. Nah, good, good. As long as you remember it was Mother's yeah, Day, absolutely. because there's a lot of men out there who I think will wake up tomorrow. Don't look and at completely me. Don't forget. look at me, Brittany. <laughs> Now, what do you got organised, X? Uh, yeah, mate, I've got that much love in my heart to give tomorrow. It's unbelievable. It's invaluable. Your now, presence is the presence. Yeah, that's it. It's exactly oh, right. Of, of course, mate, we are talking about your beautiful partner, Nat Medhurst, who's a champion netballer. What's it like being the small fry in a, pe- in a power couple? <laughs> uh, it was all right until I joined a local footy club and I've been fined every single week I've been there for being the uh, <laughs> least, least, least famous sportsman in the family. Yeah, nice. Um, so they quite often ask for advice from her, tips um, about professionalism and things like that, which you know, I must admit is a bit of a slap in the face. Um, but no, mate, she's, uh, she's amazing even now, um, retired from netball, but still shows me up and working out every day and is fitness freak and committed and, and all that. I, I secretly think she's trying to aim for a comeback this year somewhere. But oh, um, yeah, There's a scoop. There we go. Get that out on yeah. socials. So, Sammy, Sammy, I've talked to you recently. You say you don't watch much footy. You don't really like to sit down. You don't have the time. You're a busy man. But you did say you're going along tomorrow, the MCG, Hawthorne, West Coast Eagles. Talk to us a little bit about West Coast season, where you see them sitting, and what can we expect tomorrow? 
Well, hopefully we expect to win, uh, and and probably not so much about how good West Coast is going, but how badly Hawthorne are going oh. at the moment. Mm. Um, um, look, the uh, we all know question marks over West Coast about how they travel, and and probably have been for about twenty last twenty years. Um, but look, big big game last week um, showed the kind of form with with key players out that we kind of expect, um, but still is is good when you see it. So hopefully they can carry that over and. And start showing the Victorians that we're, we're a legitimate chance this year. Well, of course, Liam Duggan now going for surgery, but they might actually get you scrapping again off the back pocket. <laughs> but, hey, did you know, you two know, when I first turned up the West Coast from Hawthorne, I broke ice with almost every player bar Sam Butley. He gave me absolutely nothing, and it stems oh. from his hatred of the Hawthorne Football Club. Hates them. Didn't like X. I do, yeah. I must admit, they're my second most hated team, and not far, and not far behind Frio, <laughs> which is saying something. No, um, no, he just did not talk to me. He's like, I just, uh, Luke Hodges, no good. Sam Mitchell's no good. Buddy Franklin's no good. He just could not no see good. any goodness in the Hawks. If they're no good, then I can imagine what you're thinking of Xavier Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I rated it. I rated next very highly. It's not that they're no good. I had I had very strong opinions about certain players being overrated. And, <laughs> And and X knows heck, we've had we've had multiple discussions about it and not always seen eye to eye on it. But um, I'm a I'm a fairly competitive person. Uh, Hawthorne were winning a lot uh, at that stage, um, and it really pissed me off. To be honest, I couldn't work out I couldn't work out why they were so much better than us. Yeah, and therefore just spread every single person that liked Hawthorne or has any affiliation with them uh, a dickhead. Yeah, pretty. That pretty much sums it up. Now, but before we do drop any, uh, we've dropped the uh, DH. Before we get towards the F words, we have to wrap you up, mate. Uh, 06 Premiership player, absolute champion bloke, and champion player Sam Butler, the the husband, the partner of. Nat Meadows. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good day. I've been told I move a little bit like Lenny Kravitz at the nightclubs. Who but, tells uh, you that? Oh, no you one should have told seen you me that. back in the day. How long oh. since you've been to a nightclub? Oh, mate, it would be five years, I reckon. What was your... Well, and what one was that? Name the establishment. Oh, I used to wander in the hippie club occasionally. The hippie club? <laughs> you used to wander in there just to make the, sure it was still running well. The greatest and, yeah, place. <laughs> and then get, but I used to have a little theory, get the chips and gravy before joining the queue, because you always had time to eat your chips mm. and gravy in the line. Oh, By the time you got to the front, you were well fed. Isn't that hey, so Brit? weird to think back to, that we lined up mm. in yeah. the cold? Yeah. Oh, no, to get I in didn't. somewhere. Brit, no. I, I didn't. I oh, oh <laughs> Well, actually, that's not a bad segue, Mick. Talking about lining up, <laughs> we're going to talk a bit of Perth glory, of course. Uh, Perth glory, unfortunately, went down to Melbourne City 3-1 during the week, but we are in the middle of a, a semi-lockdown restrictions. Master off today, which is great news, but Tony Sage, who owns Perth glory, was banned from attending the Perth glory game. Kind of strange, because he... Mm. Pays the bills. Um, essentially, you can. You think his staff? Essentially, you know, you think he'd be able to turn up. You know, <laughs> yep. we, we're not all dying here. He's, he owns the team. Mm-hmm. We can all. Anyway, that's my little thing. Anyway, so he, instead of just not going, not attending, he was put down as being a ball boy. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> He's, so essentially, he was on the roster as a working ball boy. Not sure how many balls you retrieved, but <laughs> it made me think. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Where did you sneak in? And how? Where did you sneak in? And how? Obviously, Sagey was bugger it. I'm not. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm going to find a way to sneak in, and he did it. Fantastic, Mick. Have you ever snuck in anywhere? Well, you know what the they always say: successful people. Yeah, you know, you've got to start by cutting the oranges or being the yeah. ball boy. Like yes. Tony Sage, not sure if he ever started with that, but he's worked his way up, and now he's just gone full circle and he's uh, retrieving balls. Hey, my sneak in, Britain's Zave. 
actually revolves around Tony Sage. He was in Melbourne um, quite some time ago now. It's probably 18 months ago. He was at a, a bar, an establishment. Yep. He had the velvet rope um, oh. cut off. So he was having a, the VIP type of operation this evening. And uh former teammate of mine was there, Reese Palmer, who was uh, taking advantage. I don't think Reese paid for much that night. But I'll tell you yeah. what, I snuck behind the velvet. Got in there, got involved with the Grey Goose, with Tony, with Reese, and uh, away we went. So thank you very much, ball boy Tony, for uh, just shouting me a few drinks uh, on your card in 2019, I think it was. Now, Mick, I'm going to ask Britt the same question. Now, I'm not expecting too much. Britt, where have you snuck into? Yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> have you met me? I've never broken a rule in my life. Yeah, so no, Britt, you've been really good, and you've never done it, Mick. Local footy back mm. in the day, when you used to get to the age where you're over 13, you had to pay five bucks getting to watch Lakes Entrance mm. play or whatever, we cut a hole out of the fence around the back. So you'd go and go down the shop, you'd tell mum and dad you're going to go get a pizza or something, and then rather than walk through the gate and pay your five bucks, you'd go around to the back bit where you'd ripped open the fence, and you'd see us like we're actually sneaking into um, Big Day Out or something. You'd see five 13-year-olds scurry on through the little gate, saved us 25 bucks. It was a bloody you, thing we used to do you, every week. You were savvy, Zave, though, weren't you? Because your mum and dad gave you the 25 bucks to yes. pay entry. Yeah, 100%. So you'd sneak in and you get the hot dog, get the pie, you get the can of Coke. Absolutely. And, and away you go. I did, I did something similar. Local footy uh, decided to walk down the side of the bush into this oval. Shep Swans was, was the ground. And unfortunately, um, just adjacent to where I was walking, the president of this football club, actually, that's his house. Yeah. He's just walking out. He's like, right, oh, boys, you, you won't be walking down there, and I know your dad. So <laughs> yeah. go to the gate. I'm telling your dad, and you're paying your 10 bucks. Yeah. No, Probably that's how it happens, that I yeah. have snuck in somewhere. What? You've oh, here we go. Hang on, here we go. Me. As a kid, we had a family friend. We used to go up to, I think it was a rodeo, and they used to put the kids in the boot to drive in oh, so they didn't have to it. pay the family pass. So you've been you've gone yes. in the boot. That's yes. a perfect example. One triple three, <laughs> five three. Where did you sneak in? <laughs> And how did you do it? We've all done it. Even Britt, who sat there She's for five proud. minutes saying, I've never broken a rule. <laughs> I am. Actually, we don't condone this. You've been in the boot of a car to sneak in somewhere. <laughs> Billy from Bicton. We're not making that name up. Unfortunately, I think I know Billy. But Billy wants to talk about Shepherd and United, which is my home football club. Billy. Big Mick, how are you, mate? Oh, well, good to hear your dulcet tones. Uh, how are you travelling on this Saturday morning? Going well, mate, going well. What about yourself, mate? All things going well over East, I hope. Uh, all is well. Now, tell me about this Shepherd and United story you want to tell, and hopefully it is PG-rated, uh, and, and correct? And we are talking, where'd you sneak in as a youngster off the back mm. of Tony Sage sneaking into the Perth Glory game as a ball boy? One triple three five three. give us a call. Sorry, Mick, go. Fire away, uh, Bill. Yep, so, no, very PG-rated, Mick, you know what I mean? Good. Um, so at the Shepherd United Footy Club where Mick used to reside and run around. Yeah. Uh, I reckon pretty, Mick Pretty well as well. <laughs> yeah. Around near the girl guides, Mick, there, there was a little hole in the fence that everyone used to sneak into back in that the day. Would, that would have been you, Bill, because you wouldn't have, yep. uh, yeah, Ted would have given you the five bucks to get in and you wanted to spend that on uh, something something more than just getting into the footy. Oh, yeah, mate. Would have had to go straight to the Shep Bears end, though, that one, to spend the money there, mate. That's I knew it. the five bucks was going in your back pocket. A little fun fact. Yeah, yes, that's probably correct. Bill. A little, a little fun, fun fact about Bill. Um, life member at the Kangupna Road Football Club. That's it, mate. You know, mate, a premiership player with you. Oh, brilliant. Well Premiership done, mate. player with you. There you go. There you Where go. Under 14s. Under 14s. Aurelia, David, good morning. Uh, how's it going, legend? Where have you snuck into? Well, mate, it wasn't me. It was one of the kids that used to play footy for us. He, uh... Down at John Dunn Oval there in Kelmscott, he uh, dislocated his shoulder the week before, so for some reason he needed to be in a sling. And uh, next 
week we're hosting finals footy and he's decided to jump the fence of one home. I don't know how he's done it, but he's managed to do it. But uh, unfortunately, the president of the football club caught up with him two hours later because he saw him do the whole thing and he laughed about it the whole time. <laughs> he was hoping that he fell down on the yeah. other arm. <laughs> Good on you, Dave. Well, yeah. Peter. Greenwood, how are we? Morning, gents. How are you? Ladies and gents. Yeah, ladies Legends. and gents, mate. Now, where did you sneak into? I snuck in to the Kings Park Lord concert. Ooh. Oh, I was there that yeah, night, now, actually. Oh, were you? She had that beautiful silver dress on, yeah? Oh, uh, it was the night of the International Rules was played here, and I was sideways. So I can't remember too much about it, Peter, to be honest with you. I had to sneak around through the bush, and I had a mate with me. We were just going to do a free sit on the grass and listen, you know, because yep. I was interested, but I wasn't going to pay the 100 plus bucks for a ticket. Yeah, of course. No. Because, uh, yeah, so I snuck around, but my mate was petrified of, of sneaking in, and I didn't understand why, because I thought, you know, well, if you got caught, they just show you the door. It's no, like, no major crime here, is it? So I snuck in, got to see about four songs, but my mate was just in the bush, just just quivering and not able to make the leap. So I was there on my own in the end. I felt bad. I had to go out for the last couple of songs. Ah, oh, Peter, you're a good man, mate. Classic. Time for a beer, mate. Yeah, it is time for a beer. Go grab one. All right, we've got the last one. Peter from Atterdale. Morning, legend. Um, my story, um, for those of you that know international cricket in South Australia, there was a, usually a three-day um, weekend of uh, 50 over games. Yep. And uh, I went to the one on Friday, got a pass out, went back on Saturday and Sunday with the same pass oh, out. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, love it, Peter. I love like it. that. Well, I do too because there's something that we've been doing lately pretty similar to that and I won't go into it because we'll get in trouble. But anyway. <laughs> this motorsport update is brought to you by Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Time to talk motorsport with Greg Rust from Rusty's Garage Podcast. Good morning, Rusty. How are you? Legends, good morning. Mate, I believe you're still in New Zealand. I am, yeah. I'm at the Pukekohe race circuit as I speak. So supercars have come here many times over the years. Great classic um, racetrack where some, some legendary races have, uh, have come and competed from all around the world over the years. Ah, uh, you beauty, mate. Let's start with MotoGP this week. Jack Miller, what a great win that was. But some comments from a former champion weren't overly flattering, were they? No, uh, so the, the rider in question is Jorge Lorenzo, who's been a champion in many classes, uh, including MotoGP. So his viewpoint uh, is one that he's earned and probably shouldn't be discounted. I feel like it's a little bit harsh, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, Jack has been seriously applying himself. Um, I think Jorge's viewpoint is that Jack needs to improve his consistency yeah. a bit and that the win at the weekend may have in part been to another rider having some, some arm pump issues. But look, you don't get more committed than, than Jack Miller at the moment. Um, that will be, you guys know what it's like from a confidence point of view in sport. Yep. And they're already talking, there's rumours around about a potential uh, re-signing at Ducati. So they're obviously seeing all the right signs. Uh, great news. Rusty, supercars in South Australia this weekend. It's been more than 200 days since Mustang last had a wing. Is it, win. Is it possible that uh, the four drivers can be back on the top step of the podium this weekend? We've been talking about the dominance of Commodore in, in recent episodes of Dead Dead Legends, haven't we? So you've yeah. got to sort of look all the way back to Bathurst last year, even with Shane Van Gisbergen. So it was at this venue where Mustang uh, had its last win. It's about 220-plus days since that happened. Practice underway there at the Tail and Bend track, about an hour out of, um, of Adelaide, and already the signs um, look good for, for Mustang to maybe swing that pendulum this weekend. 
And Rusty, let's have a chat. F1, Dan Ricardo. We love him in Australia, but more so in Western Australia. He says he's got to pull his finger out, but it's a new week. Same issues with his McLaren car. Last night's uh, practice session still not going overly well. Is our man, Dan? No, but they're trying lots of new parts on that car. So I love I love the, uh, the honesty from Dan on this one. You know, beneath all that smiley, happy exterior, which we love away from the track, the Honey Badger, as they know him, mm. is absolutely tenacious, guys. So he's doing everything he can at the moment to try and learn that, that car and, and, um, and get on kind of an even pegging with his teammate Lando Norris, who's had a pretty good start to the year. Um, rivals overnight in Spain, I think, have already detected that, that some of the work they're doing with these new parts should yield the, the results and give them a bit of a step up. Mate, I absolutely love watching the Netflix series about the Formula Ones, but it was a reality how seats can change really, really quickly. Might we see a change at Mercedes? Uh, Valtteri Bottas has, has come out to try and silence the rumours during the week, and he's, he's shifted the focus um, in a light way towards Red Bull, who did this in recent years with, with Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon and others, making a mid-season change. So mm. rumours around that, would Mercedes do a similar thing? He says they're not that style of team and that that won't happen. So, But there's, there's as we know, guys, uh, that seat is up for grabs in 2022 and it is a hotly sought-after seat. Absolutely, Rusty, mate. Thanks again for joining us. Look forward to catching up next week. Have a great weekend, guys. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. We're about to let your pocket look after Ooh. someone else's family. 1,200, well, the Triple M pocket, you know, we, we're a family, but uh, we like the Triple M uh crew to look after those that ring in and get involved in the quiz and last week it was pretty controversial but this week pretty vanilla and it should go 1200 bucks up for grabs we're going back to missionary i like it mick now <laughs> brit you're you're in charge today if first question seems yeah. to be off you're in Okay, you you take over. I think I should just take over. I think it's a, after last week's debacle. Yes. I don't know how I wasn't handled this task. No, this I week. agree. Mm. I said Brit, you should be in charge of Mickey the Master, and we should call it Brit Brit Bake or so. I don't even know what I was going to call it, but you should be in charge, Brit. I did take it to the boss, but he said no way. And for those that call in and want to get involved in Mickey the Master, you can. It hasn't been used yet. No. Mickey's mate. No, no I'm right. swaying from mate. No one has used Mickey's mate. If you have trouble with the question, you can go to either Xavier or Britt, and they will steer you in the right direction. Now, they don't know the questions, clearly, because last week we um, really put it up uh, up the chimney. Yeah. Anyway, you can ask them. Ask for Mickey's mate, yep. Leachy. Well, I'm just waiting for a mate. Yep. And they will answer the question for you. Five questions, $1,200. Bang, bang, bang. I'm keen to give away the cat. See if you could save $500 off a solar power system. Head to solarhub.com.au. And we're on Mickey the Master. Time to go, Zave. So $1,200 up for grabs, correct? That's right, mate. 1200 bucks. And can you explain Mickey's mate for us, please? So well, one more I'm just waiting for a mate. One more time. Okay, we're going to get Michael from Eastwick Park on very, very soon. But if Michael needs some assistance with one of these five questions, he can request his lifeline, which is Mickey's mate. Yep. Well, I'm just waiting for a mate. And Xavier, Michael, you will be able to choose either Xavier or Britain. Away they go, they can help you with the question. Now, welcome in, Michael from Eastwick Park. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very well, very well on this morning. $1,200 to give away, and I've uh, just scribbled down these questions in the last break. So um, <laughs> we're good to go. Who do you follow, Michael? I'm a Cats fan, actually, so oh, I'm pretty happy. Oh, to... oh. Mate, you'd be cock after last night. 
Yeah, it was good, but um, hopefully they do it when it counts later on. Yeah, stay with us too. Tom Hawkins is going to write back to my text message in the next 24 hours, so we're going to get him on at some stage. That's not going to happen. Anyway, Michael, looking forward to working with you in the next little bit for the quiz. Okay, so first question. The Derby was last weekend, Michael. Derby 52. Who won the Glendenning Allen medal? Ah, God, I didn't actually watch it, but I remember Tim Kelly had a bunch of stats, so I'm going to go with Tim Kelly. There you go. Bravo. Ding, 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 ding. Well done. One to one. There, Michael, that if you didn't watch it, you can come to Brit and I for one little chop out. We don't know the answers, but we can talk you through it and maybe direct you somewhere. That's right. All right. Okay, Michael, next question. Question two, another derby-related question. So start to really scramble in the head. Any, any news you might have seen throughout the week? Multiple choice question, which will help. Who was the only docker in the absolute pummeling to poll a vote in the Glendenning Allen medal? Was it A... Nat Five, was it B, Andy Brayshaw, or was it C, James Aish? Um, I might ask, might ask Xavier about this one. I reckon. Well, oh, I'm just yes. waiting for mate. This is <laughs> our first. This is first our first mate. It's the right, first now, mate. Zay, so don't repeat, stuff it up, Zave. I wasn't listening. Question. I'll repeat the question. <laughs> it's multiple Zay. choice. Who was the only docker to poll a vote in the Glendenning Allen Medal in last weekend's Derby? Was it A? Nat Five, B, mm-hmm. Andy Brayshaw, or C, James Aish? Well, instantly I'm just going to cross Aish off. It just, I don't think it would have yeah. happened. All right, so it's 50-50 <laughs> uh, now. It's 50-50. Uh, the champion, Nat Five, uh, or Andy Brayshaw. Um, firstly, I must say I know who voted. It was Lee Spur. And secondly, <laughs> I'll say he was wrong in his votes. <laughs> but the answer is Andy Brayshaw polled the one vote from Lee Spur, who will never, ever, ever get the opportunity to vote on the Ross Glendening Allen medal ever again. So, Michael, are you happy to go with Xavier's recommendation? I think I am. I, rem- I remember seeing the stats in the end. 30 or 32 touches, so it wasn't in the top 10 on the ground, though, Michael. So well done. <laughs> Andy Brayshaw got a vote. Lee Spur has been pushed to the side, will never vote on anything ever again, not even in his house. And the pressure is off me because yeah, he Brit can't use safe. another Mickey's up, mate. Hey, <laughs> okay. get the cigarettes out. You're, you're good to go. <laughs> hey, Michael. <laughs> hey, Michael, uh, are you a basketball fan, NBL? Oh, I'm a big NBA fan, NBL, okay. and don't know too much about Do you know a bit about the Wildcats? Oh, let's, let's see. Enough. Let's, wait, let's see. Question three. So current Wildcats coach is Trevor Gleeson. Who was the Perth Wildcats coach prior to Trevor Gleeson? Oh, God. Oh. Ten. I don't think I'm going to know this one too. Five, four, Could we have a guess? Three. Um, let's go with Bryce Cotton, player coach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's a good laughs> it was a good guess. I like your thinking player. just to come up with whatever came to mind. Yeah, that'll do. Bryce Cotton, <laughs> Michael, bad luck, mate. You're not going to win the 1,200 to, uh, today, but next week, Mick, we go to 1,400. Jackpot. 1,400. Jackpot. 1,400. Before you know it, we're going to have a share in a horse with Britain. Yep. This is going great guns <laughs> at the moment. Hey, Michael, before you do go, a Geelong supporter, not too familiar about the Wildcats. Are you a Victorian lad? Yeah, I am actually. I moved over to Perth last year, so ah, uh, beautiful. Uh, what brought you yeah. over? The weather. Uh, my girlfriend's studying medicine over here, yes. so we moved over for that. Down at Notre Dame or something? Uh, Curtin. Curtin Uni. Oh, there you go, mate. Great to have you in. WA, and of course, tune in next week, $1,400, a Mickey, the master. They want to know the answer to the question that was failed in the quiz. 
Yeah, so the question was, who was the Wildcats coach before Trevor Gleeson? And, of course, I knew this. It was Rob Beveridge. Rob Beveridge. There you go. Now, we're going to cross over East just for a little while here. Now, the Warrnambool Cups Carnival, it's a a growing uh, feast. It's an unbelievable weekend. Now, it's famous for Rick McIntosh's call, and this is what he shouts. Gives us a treat. Seriously! How bloody good is the bull? It's the Jumps <laughs> Carnival. It's it's a great carnival. It, it is one of those bucket list events. They get thousands and thousands and thousands to go along. Now, Britt, a question for you. When you're naming a horse, what is the process to name a horse? It is quite a process. You have to put it into Racing Australia and they have to approve it. And yep. I know how hard this can be because I've recently named a horse and it came back to me three times. No, not appropriate. No, it's too similar to another name. Yep. They're pretty strict. If you know, if you try sneak something through, people have got things through with other languages, but yep. these days they're pretty onto it. They Google it, they do the translate, they go, no. Not much gets through the keeper at Racing Australia. Mm. Well, it's funny oh, you I say beg that. To differ. Yeah. Oh, I beg to differ. Until Warnable. <laughs> well, Warnable, uh, a horse had a, a win on day one of the carnival, and it was the last race of the day. Now, Rick McIntosh, who outlets the ball, I love it. Play it whenever you want, mate. Throw it again. Seriously? <laughs> How bloody good is the ball? Now, a horse did sneak through, mm-hmm. and its name is Dinger. It's a three-day carnival. Enjoy tonight. That's all you got to do. They're off and running. Dinger came out well. He's me old mate. Well, he should have been. Next in the race then was Wild Charlotte. Now, Rick McIntosh, so if you don't pick up there, he's obviously making references to um, contraception. And appropriately, Zave, it's, uh, I think it was race 10. So everyone had warmed into it. I think it was probably everyone would have been a bit sheepish. Race one, day one, yeah. that, that name came out. I but like that 10. he says, Gates crash back. We've got to focus on what we're doing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have a good night. Yeah. Anyway, there were some heavy heads, obviously. But, you know, the race continues on and Dinger's still involved. Dinger kicked away. A length and a half to Yearlong Knight. Then Valley of Hearts. More wanted on the outside. Dinger with 100 metres to go. He's only just in front, but he's clinging on, Dinger. The Wild Clan will get one. Dinger, he should have been our mate. Wins a neck to more wanted. Sacred Palace zooming home. Now, Rick McIntosh is a father. Now, it's for some people, um, they choose to bet on colours, numbers, names. Well, in this instance, Rick McIntosh thought he should have probably had a bet on it because of... Dinger. Or the bloke with five kids. <laughs> I should have been on it. <laughs> Dinger number seven, Simon Wilde, Damien Thornton. Well, there you go. How Dinger long do you reckon he sat with that when the nominations came out yeah. and he sort of went, oh, you beauty. <laughs> I, I've got, I'm one in 15 chance to polish up a yeah. couple of lines here. <laughs> Sending you into the weekend with a winner in your hand. This is Brit's Best. Well, 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 well. We've been right around the mark, Brit. We just haven't saluted yet. Yeah, and I, I don't like had, losing. Have we had three seconds and a fourth on a big each way yes. value? So we're right around the mark. I'm telling you what, I'm feeling something today, something special. Okay, well, that's not good because it's okay. probably my lowest confidence week. <laughs> okay, that's all right. I don't mind it. You've taken a couple of shots. I'll tell you what, it's her low, lowest confidence week. She's only just, uh, the breaks come up. It's like, oh, she better, better find my best then. <laughs> no, when I'm doing the quiz, Brit, Brit, when I'm doing the quiz, this is days in advance, days, and you've given it the break uh, whilst the song's on. Yeah, well, Mickey, there's something called scratchings just before 8 <laughs> yeah, o'clock. Yeah, you've got so to wait and see who's in, who's in, out. That's so right. What's the wait. track going to do? We've had a bit of rain this week. Yeah. Who knows what's going on? So, Brit. 
Find us something. Okay, well, this is, we're going to have to do a little bit of homework. I think this is a late bet that we can have. Oh, so we can bet. have okay. a look at how the track's playing in the opening couple of races. We want to be able to see that they can make ground. Mm, okay. So on uh, Wednesday, they very much, it was a case of horses coming down the outside of the track. We're getting to the back end of the Ascot season now. It's starting to get a bit more tired. So um, we've also had that rain about. So we want to see how the track can play. Okay. And if they're coming down the outside, I've gone back to the value. With, value, I yeah, like the value. I thought we just that way we can just put a little bit on, hopefully get something. Back. Okay, what are we looking at? Going race four, number eight, eliminate. Now this is a horse that was contesting group two, group three listed events last preparation, yep. end of last year. First up, started off at a thousand meters. It was just way too short. Eliminate needs further. Today gets a little bit further. Is going to get back, and I think can be finding the line pretty well. That's it. Let's lock it in. A race four, number eight. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Newtown Toyota.